Welcome to the Mar Experience, Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. Bruce came to treatment at Mar at the age of 42, in a state he characterizes as feral and undomesticated. A self-described smooth-talking bar owner and salesman, Bruce talks about how his continued involvement as part of the Mar family for over 15 years has allowed him to transform his outlook on life. He went from being someone who was only out for himself to somebody who was able to be a dependable, loving family and community member. He's also helped countless new men in recovery over the years through his volunteer work at MAR and his work in the recovery community. He starts off by talking about his first attempt at getting sober before coming to MAR. I came to MAR uh, July of 2004, and I had tried to get sober one other time and failed miserably. I I had walked into a Christian uh, place way out in the woods. It was a good little program. It was eight weeks, and I was their best client for three of those. (laughs) (laughs) Then what happened? Well, the uh, counselor stood in my face for for a good reason, and I was having none of that. And uh, I'm usually in the process of getting everybody in my back pocket or, or my perception of that. And uh, when that doesn't happen, I just says, well, I'm leaving. And I remember I called, uh, calling my dad. And uh, How old were you at this point? I was at the young age of 40. Okay. <laughs> as I called my daddy, told him to come get me. <laughs> you know, that, that's a big part of all of our stories. Uh, you know, us big, big guys, we're all tough until, you know, we end up back home at mom and dad's. But uh, – he said real plainly, he said, son, we're not ready for you to come home. And that just made me matter. So I called some of my buddies, and they came and got me. It was <clears throat> Greenwood, South Carolina. It was way out in the woods. It was, it was crazy. But I had uh, learned enough in three and a half weeks to take care of this. I'd been to, I think, three AA meetings. We went to AA on Tuesday nights in a van, so I had three of those under my belt. And uh, had the addresses of some places in Greenville, where I'm from. And no, this is not going to be near as hard as everybody thought. It's, it's actually much easier than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be. And got back home. Never went to the first meeting. Uh, within, uh, I was a nightclub owner at the time. And I say nightclubs as it sounds good. It was a very blue collar, twenty four hour bar that I was there. Ran that for six years before I came in, which just ran it in the ground. Everything ran in the ground. And uh, so I put uh, put O'Doul's in the bar and went right back to the, my playground, my sandbox. I was just drinking O'Doul's, which tastes awful. Awful. <clears throat> I don't drink beer for the taste. And uh, we all we drink we drink beer for the effect, mm-hmm. alcohol for the effect, and so I'm just learning that. So, th- th- about what year was this? This would have saw uh, 2002, okay. summer of 02. I came to Mar, <clears throat> summer of 04. So okay. in that two year span, exactly. So I think that's not so ironic. It's two two years to the month, and I have I was the. By far the worst I had been. I, I call it. I went off into the abyss with my drug use. Uh, 
My drug use was so bad, uh, I almost stopped drinking alcohol. I came tomorrow, uh, July of 2004, and I came down for a 72-hour evaluation, and uh, that was a big deal. It was a huge sacrifice on my part. <laughs> and uh, I came down, and as I was doing the paperwork at Moore, uh, they had taken me back to the medical room, and my blood pressure was... Uh, I think it was like 207 over 142, and I felt fine. So they interrupted that whole process and immediately took me to the emergency room without telling me a lot of details. So I spent the night there, and from there, all, one of the counselors, which I became very close with, Tommy, took me to Peachford Hospital, which I thought was more. I thought he picked me up over here. I had graduated and done so great in the emergency room that he were taking me now to let's get this thing rolling. And uh, I turned around and he was gone, and they basically locked the door. That's how I remember it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I stayed in Peachard for three nights and uh, four days. And uh, I just had time uh, to look over my shoulder and, you know, I, I, it really clicked on for me there. I had never detoxed. I had never been in a, a hospital where they locked the door behind me. Uh, I was I was in a place that scared me. I wasn't like these people, and I mean these people were. It's a mental hospital, mm -hmm. and there I sit. <laughs> there I sit with. Them so let's see logically that would uh, make me a mental patient, and my mother had had some uh, mental issues, and I had uh, gone through that in the past. weren't alcohol and drug related, but they were <clears throat> certainly involved some psych psychotic episodes, etc. And uh, it was ironic that there I sat; she had passed away uh, ten years earlier. But anyway, when I got to Moore, finally, they took me to my room off campus, and they opened that door up in this nice apartment over here. I, I'd been used to this. I lived in a trailer with these guys in this last place, and I just, it was uh, very emotional for me. First, the, the, the mental hospital, and then they opened up that door to this nice four-bedroom apartment. And I just, I, I just, it was like, I can do this. I can do, they, you know. <clears throat> so it started there. Uh, I realized very quick, I was 42 at the time. I had been around the block many times. And I had an immediate clear feeling about more, about the uh, knowledge and the maturity I was comfortable with them in charge. I knew they had seen a bunch of people like me and that my stuff wasn't, that you know, it wasn't even worth uh, presenting here. Does that make sense? So your, your stuff meaning your, uh, your my, tricks? Yeah, my manipulation. It's so soft and subtle. And, you know, at 42, you've gotten pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a. I was a happy hour guy. I, I stayed on 
I stood like sitting on the stool talking. Yeah. <laughs> and if you listened long enough, I would, you know. You knew you, knew you had them. Huh? Yeah. And uh, these guys were, uh, they were great. And uh, they all were. I had a. The Mars staff? Yeah. It wasn't so mechanical, really. I guess it was, but it wasn't. Uh, institutional yeah. feel. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what what gave you the sense that they were, your your tricks weren't going to work on them? I just they had been. I knew a little bit about their background by then. They had been doing this for thirty plus years, you know. And that was just there was I, like here go the guy that's been around the block enough. He's met his match a few times. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when you meet your match, you just shift and go somewhere else. <laughs> well, I was nowhere else to go. I yeah. was here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the first day and more, I'm sitting in the coffee room, and basically, at my age, being being a bar guy, happy hour guy, <clears throat> the first two or three months, I'm in a bar without alcohol. Wherever I'm at, I'm I'm somewhere. I'm boisterous, I'm loud, I'm elbowing you in the ribs. The only thing missing is the alcohol. I haven't changed a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Yeah. You have to tell me I'm forgetting this and forgetting that. And, yeah. You know, I'm just – the only thing missing is the alcohol, really. Yeah. I'm the same guy. I, I brought everything down to here. Now I'm using it here. And, I, and I, that's a – we think because we're here, something, nothing's changed yet. I'm 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 just abstinent. So the first day there, I elbow Doug Brush in the ribs in the in the coffee room, and I asked him just, I what are you doing in here? What are you in for? I thought, what are you in for? Where are you from? You know, I thought he was one of us, and he looked at me, kind of stern. That's not like Doug, and he says, I am the director of the men's program, and I went, okay. I was compliant. I would say I was ninety percent compliant, uh, and just I just immediately had a. <clears throat> excuse me. I've thought about this before. Is it just lucky that I had a good community? I don't know because I've seen that happen. You walk into a bad because I'm. We're all kind of. I've got bad stuff, and it comes to the surface when I'm around bad people. Yeah. I don't know. I was around. Uh, they put me in a room with three doctors. Well, not only am I not a college graduate, I don't think I'd seen a doctor in fifteen years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't run around with doctors right. where I was from, and <laughs> doctors didn't come into my nightclub. But anyway, I just really <clears throat> we had a great rapport. We had a. We had a good time, and I'm kind of embarrassed about saying that so much because you see all these long faces in, in, in early recovery. I felt a little guilty. Uh, <clears throat> this was good, man. I was like, I came from this. Things were Everything was on fire. I call it the posse dust. I could see the posse dust about four different places coming my way. <laughs> and uh, there, boom, I'm safe. Like they're closing in on uh, yes. you. Yes. <laughs> oh, for something bad's coming <laughs> yeah, right, down the right. pipe. And I and I and I and I, I see these young guys coming in and uh, kicking and screaming and just not ready. And I just pray, you know, do they need another twenty years of this? And uh, the sad thing is, it's a little different nowadays. The drugs are uh, 
I think the drugs are tougher. I think the law's tougher. I think society's uh, on board now. You know, where I was in my 20s, they were taking you home in the back of the cop car mm-hmm. and cutting you a break. And that, they, don't, they don't do that here in Doraville and Chambly. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I think it was, uh, for me, it was that immediate feeling that uh, I belonged. And if I did my part, they would do their part. And uh, from there, I was mandated to get a sponsor. I'd never done AA really at all. And I was got the right sponsor, a tough guy, and told me, uh, kind of read me the act. And it started from there and grew. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have another option. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal. I think a lot of the guys were coming, well, we've got this other option. If they don't make it here, they're, you know, they're certainly not going to let me fall through the cracks. And my father had written me a letter the first week I was here, and he said, son, we're, we're happy you're there. Uh, we're going to back you 100%. He says, I'll keep the wolves off of you here in Greenville, which, you know, I, like, <clears throat> okay, I know what that means. As long as you do your part down there. Mm-hmm. And if this doesn't work out down there, I will not participate in this again. And my father, being the conservative businessman that he was, I believed him. And so, anyway, we <clears throat> we 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 moved from there into. Uh, I just it's kind of like time. It just took some time from there. Mm-hmm. Nothing turned around quick. But it did turn around. Mm-hmm. So I basically had two counselors that I worked with primary, uh, Bill A and Tommy, Tommy M. And uh, here again, it was that camaraderie. One was uh, an alcoholic. The other one wasn't. And I just felt like they knew what they were talking about. And, you know, incidences, they, the one did a Tuesday meeting in-house and one did a Wednesday meeting in-house. And during that time, I found out that one of them was a Christian, and uh, I watched that walk. Mm-hmm. And that made me curious Let for later. I stepped into that. I opened that door up a few years later. Tom, uh, Tommy was more like me. His background was like me. He was older and had... Sobriety. He had a day, probably had, I don't know, Tommy probably had 10 years, ex-bar owner. We went to the same university. Uh, we had a lot in common, you know, and, and, and that's a good thing. You can't, <clears throat> you can't fool a fooler, and that's what we are in, in the pro. I think that's one reason AA works so well. And more. We're all in here together in early sobriety. The, the pool is very small in early sobriety. We're not that unique. Mm-hmm. Uniqueness comes later. Spiritual gifts bloom later. <laughs> On the front end, as you walk out of detox, we're pretty, we all look a lot alike. We, we really do. It's not a it, lot of, uh, we look the same. What, what does that look like? <sighs> Scared, that's guarded. A, that's a good question. Uh, How would you describe that? Feral. <laughs> feral is a great word. Yeah. Undomesticated. 
we're, 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 we've been out on our own, and I'm, I'm fighting, cheating, manipulating. I'm dang sure about to be looking in my rearview mirror. Everything, I'm breaking the law every day. I'm pretty sure using drugs is still illegal. <laughs> okay? You, you know, we, I don't think we talk about that a lot. But the transaction that I do daily, you know, buying and using and, and, and you know, that whole process is you're breaking the law. You could be busted at any time. So that keeps you elevated. You're, you're, that's a dopamine rush right there. Mm. And uh, so anyway, it, it's a, uh, I, I like that word. I don't know why it's so, uh, hence, community-based program. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what to, that's what it is. It's a community. They're constantly pushing us in together. People that don't like being together. I don't like those guys. They don't like me. <clears throat> I would prefer not to be around. You know, so it. They, I remember early on they said it more. They said seventy percent of your Recovery is going to come from inside the community. And I thought that was crazy sounding. I couldn't understand that. I thought y'all were going to, y'all being more was going to poke and prod and come up with some, I don't I don't know. They were going to bend me and re, rebuild me and put me back out there in 90 days. I, I thought the, I thought the battle was getting here. I thought the battle, battle was surrendering and just getting here. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> okay, I'll do everybody a favor, and I'll go, and uh, kind of that, kind of play that, uh, play that role. So uh, that's that's where it, that's where it was, and it wasn't anything like that. Mm-hmm. The community learning how to respect others, mm-hmm. make my bed, clean the rooms at at, at forty two. There was no difference to me at 42 and a kid at 22. There's just not a lot of difference in us age-wise. Mm-hmm. We come in, we've been running the show. We're, 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 we, don't, <clears throat> we don't cohabitate well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a learned behavior. Hence, it, it, it all kind of fits to me logically. So that's how I've been living for two decades. And I'm going to go where? For 90 days and change? It's not going to happen. It's just not. I've been doing this way too long. <clears throat> I had a very successful nightclub business, and I found myself working down here at uh, Tuesday morning for $6.50 an hour. How so, was that process for you? Was that kind of humbling? It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Give it, it to me straight, Bruce. Don't <laughs> here, let me, let, me, let, me, let me word that better. It was awful. <laughs> And uh, I was a, I was a, I was a, my, my, my coworkers were making six twenty five. I had five employees and they, <clears throat> I was so thrilled they picked me out in my interview to be what they called the third key. So there's, now there's five employees, manager, assistant manager, and the third key. Mm-hmm. And that just means they give you a key to make the night deposits. And uh, so you get a twenty-five cent raise tw- for that. You you can't work enough hours in a week to make any money at six and fifty an hour. Yeah, it was awful. And uh, as the, the 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 part, the best part of that story is I didn't quit. 
and I didn't curse out the manager on the way out the door as I slammed it. You know, that's what I do. That's how I leave places and things. Uh, that's how I leave my first wife. That's how I leave, you know, that's just how I, you know, the minute it gets uncomfortable, I move. And I didn't do that. And that was because I was getting that, I was getting that input at more. I was getting that input. You don't leave a job. If you left a job, you, you may get kicked out. You got to process leaving a job. Well, that's, that's different. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we just, the, we learned that word of processing. Before I make a big decision today, 14 years later, I process with my mentors and my, my, uh, key people in my network, mm -hmm. which is, and it's usually <clears throat> two or three people in that, uh, category, wherever business, relationships, spiritual, whatever it is. I kind of feel like I've got that, I've got that guy on my team now. I've got that spiritual guy. I've got that business guy. And uh, it's all come from uh, the program, which Maura introduced me to mm -hmm. 14 years ago. And I have stayed very close to Maura. Uh, it's part of my uh, program, the integrity part. Uh, staying close to them. I don't feel like I owe them something. I feel like I owe uh, life something. You know, I, I, I think I owe life something, which more is part of my life. Mm. It really is. It's a, And they allow that here. That's the cool thing about it. They, they allow that. It's not that big institution. You know, you kind of can come and go a little bit. You're welcoming, welcome back as I feel like a family member. I'm treated that way, have been ever since. Uh, I would do anything for them, and they would do anything for me. And uh, we, we feel that way. We feel that way. And... <clears throat> And it's top to bottom. Mm. It's top to bottom. It's just not one or two counselors. I, I think the uh, the employees here feel that. Mm -hmm. I think the, I see that in them that this is a special place. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I would have. Uh, I don't. I'm just so glad I ended up here because I was in a haze. I didn't. I was just in a haze, mm -hmm. and somehow I got from Greenville to Atlanta. And uh, it was a it was a God thing. How did I end up on, on the front doorsteps here? See, we get hooked up on that time thing so much. Time is just it's a it's a it, time's just an abstinence thing. Yeah, we don't talk about that much. Time is is about abstinence. Yeah, it's not has nothing to do with quality. So ex explain that a little more for people that might not know what you mean by that. What's the difference between abstinence and quality? Abstinence is uh, is without the psychic change that we talk about. That's a big word. Mm -hmm. What the heck does that mean? All that stuff went over my head. And all it means is, it's very simple. You've, and this is me talking, you have to have a change. I call it a 180 because that was the change for me. In three basic areas, I got to... The way I look at you, the way I look at me, and the way I look at God. Those three things have to change. 
from the day you walk in here. Okay. Now, see, now we're talking about something that we're not talking about picking up chips. We're talking about a change. Mm-hmm. How does that happen in 30 days? No, it does not. Does it happen whenever it happens? I don't know, but it doesn't happen in 30, 60, 90 days. Uh, so that that's that awakening. And I love the word awakening. It reminds me of something kind of waking up slow. Oh. So, you know, some mornings you wake up just kind of, sl- it's not, it's not that bam, mm-hmm. that white light experience. Mm. I didn't get that. <laughs> it was slow. <laughs> I, I had health problems, uh, thyroid, uh, uh, arthritis. I had all this stuff going on because I hadn't been moving around much for several years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not very labori- laborious being a nightclub owner. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> It is standing at the counter at Tuesday morning as a clerk. You know, it, it's uh, so <clears throat> the, the 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 change comes slow. But what else did I have to do? You see, mm-hmm. what else did I have to do? These these guys come through here and they got all they got. <clears throat> I tell them, I says. Your family's sleeping better than they ever have, knowing you're here at Mar, safe and sound. They, yes, you're going to miss Thanksgiving and Christmas. This will be their best Thanksgiving and Christmas they've had in a few years. <laughs> and I go, oh, how dare you say that? It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We make a phone call. And, uh, you know, I'm gonna be, it's weird. It's like I miss all these Christmases and Thanksgiving and people's birthdays. Then I come in here and get a few few months sober, mm-hmm. and all oh, this is so important now. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to uh, – uh, uh. and it's not. What's important is uh, my recovery. Yeah. And Mar taught me that, that uh, everything hangs from that. Mm-hmm. And it really does. I took, I drank the Kool-Aid here. I really did. And I've been better off for it. And I was having such a good time in AA, just banging around. I had reinvented myself again. I was down here in Atlanta. I wasn't, so, you know, I wasn't around anybody I knew up, up from where I was. So I started a landscape business. I, I couldn't, I got into the white collar uh, sales thing again. Got found a great job. And I just was not the salesman I used to be. Mm-hmm. I just was not. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, I'm not saying it can't be done. But the way I sold, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of principles in there. Right. <laughs> and I've, I've sold everything under the sun. And, uh, I believe I, that. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I've, I've sold. But I was, uh, it didn't, I don't, I can't lie anymore. Mm-hmm. And to have a recovered uh, alcoholic working for you, okay, that's working a pro- program, <clears throat> well, what are the advantages? One big advantage of that is he can't. I'm not going to steal from you from a moral aspect, from a, you know, kind of a right or wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, that, you know, that, that is one good reason to do it. But the main reason is it's going to take me back closer to relapse. So now we're talking relapse. Now we're talking life or death. So I'm not going to steal from you because it's a life or death issue with me. That's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. It's that, good motivation. Uh, there. That changes the whole process there. 
Uh-huh. And uh, we make good employees. Yeah. We really do. We make great employees. And uh, But there's always that chance out there. Mm-hmm. And with us, it ain't hard to figure us out. You can tell when we're starting to go south. Mm-hmm. You've got to, it's a con- you got to continue with the program. Mm-hmm. And Morris so good about that. They're so good about allowing that. You know, if you've been here, you can always come back to their spirituals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can pick up the phone and call. They're all available. Everybody's available. Right. If you've got a problem. That's what I was going to ask. What's your relationship been like t- since leaving Mar? As a, as a client. Hasn't, hasn't changed. It's got better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you said you spent more time with Doug since. I, it's gotten better. I'm, uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they're good about alumni, and they use their alumni well. Uh, you know, you got to have a platform. you got to have a stage to uh, – you got to have a place to uh, work out. And they allow that here. Mm-hmm. You know, they allow that here. And um, not just a number. So uh, Doug's been so inspirational. I mean, I, I, it, he's got an open-door policy. I mean, he's a busy guy. And, I mean, Doug, Doug doesn't – he remembers everybody's name. I think it's rare. I just – I can't – it's not just plugging away, making a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Doug has been a big part of my, my – uh, my whole life, he, he's he's a mentor of mine, and uh, but not just him, but but others too, and it continues to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my family, they have no idea about the work I've put in. They just think it's more. Yeah, <laughs> my dad. I'll try to get kind of peel it back and get a little deep with him a little bit, uh-huh. and he'll say. Well, how's Doug? <laughs> Have you talked to Doug lately? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and now I'm a young age. I'm a young, young age of 57. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd still, my dad's like, where's Doug? <laughs> still talk to Doug? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Doug's good. Okay, good. That's really all he wants to hear. Uh, and one reason is, is I've conditioned him for that. I've conditioned him like that. I've had great things happen to me in the past, way before I got tomorrow. It's great stuff happened to me, but... He's been on the front row watching that. Watch how I, I, I take, I, I destroy everything, mm. you know. And he's, and I think part of him is sitting around waiting for the next. Even at even at fourteen years, I is it, well, that's good, Bruce. Slow down. Yeah, they haven't forgotten that right. that guy, and I and I don't need to forget that guy either. Mm-hmm. So. And and Mars is a place where you can. Stay plugged in like that, where your dad knows the name of the director. And we come to the banquet every year. He's so proud of that. And uh, it's his way of staying connected and giving back. It's not just financially. It's it's all the above. What do you think it is about Mar that's allowed it to stay around for 40 years? I, I, I think part of it's that family feel, that open air kind of approach I mean I I don't know anybody that's ever turned me away here and I'm not I'm not just talking about me I'm not special there's a hundred of hundred of me's around mm-hmm. that it's just it's uh I'm genuinely glad to see them and I think they're kind of the <clears throat> you like seeing alumni coming around mm-hmm. it validates that we're doing the right thing 
this thing is not about a treatment is <clears throat> treatment that carries, you know, it's uh, graduation. Mm-hmm. There is no graduation. You know, how, how long is the program? You know, forever? <laughs> is that a good word? How long is the program forever? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you cost some money for this and some money for that, you know, the first 90 days and all, but it's, uh, you're not going to come in here and, 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 you know, we call it a spin dry. It's, it's, you, you, you build your foundation mm-hmm. in that 90, 100, in that, I think it's 100 days now, maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you move into three-quarter, and you use what they've taught you to over here. We're in a nice, safe place. Here again, it's say it's, it's, it's I'm not used to not being in trouble. Something's not on fire. Somebody's looking for me. Yeah, you know, all this drama going on. It, that alone is adjustment. I don't know how to act. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to act. It, it can get boring and lonesome. Well, when you have a true understanding of a God, a God, it takes care of a lot of that loneliness and boredom. And, and, and that's been my story. Mm-hmm. It's been my story. I'm perfectly fine now uh, without a lot of racket going on. So... Yeah, Mars. Uh, Mars. It's an it's an open air. It's that I love the word. I like the word family. I like the word family. It does feel that way, doesn't it? Yeah. As you, soon as I, I walked in, <laughs> you've been here long enough to yeah. to, to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you're looked at and use the word judged or whatever by your uh, by. But just who you are. Yeah. There's no favoritism. Yeah. You, you do that, you know, you, you're getting it on your own merits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and there's, there's yeah, there's roles, you know, everybody has different roles, but there's not like a, mm-hmm. this person, you know, Jim's a CEO, but I feel in a way like I feel like he's right in there with us, you know, and he's. It's just the respect across the board. Jim's the greatest man. Yeah. He, he doesn't. There's no airs about him. Yeah. Uh, you know, God, he's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's a lot of smart guys here. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Devitt was my primary. My God, where where did they find Dave Devitt at? My goodness, <laughs> he get- told my father to cut me off 14 years ago, right in front of me. How dare him? <laughs> my dad being that conservative businessman I was telling you about, yeah. he said, fine. He looked at that as a profit center. <laughs> Cutting Bruce off. Well, yeah, I can do that. Sure. <laughs> and that's been a big part of my sobriety. Mm. I, I had, I've still to this day, uh, we don't do that dance we used to do. Yeah. And, it, and it's kept me sober. Yeah. It's kept me sober. I want to come get a little sober and say, okay, dad, we can start this dance again. And it, it it's not good. It's not healthy. The dance where he gives you a little money. Yeah, and, whatever, yeah, whatever. Right. You know, yeah. I I could. You know, it, it. By the time I came in here at forty two, I had done been successful in in a lot of areas. But it was like every every three to five years, mm-hmm. Fox would get in the ditch. Mm-hmm. Well, there's Dad. And, and you know, I didn't advertise that. Yeah. You know, so, but it it's true. Yeah. It's true. Today, it's. Uh, I just grew up late, yeah. And I think that's the story for all of us. Mm-hmm. There is, at the end of the day, you look over. It's a maturity issue. 
at the end of the day, it's growing up. And I had no idea how immature and irresponsible I was. Mm-hmm. Immature and irresponsible. And the least amount of obligations, the better. You see? And all that adds up to not helping anybody. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine. And that's pretty much how I lived. Feral. Feral. Go, you, <clears throat> if, I'd let you pet me if you had something I needed. Other than that, you ain't, you ain't getting close. <laughs> <laughs> and usually that closeness, man, if you had me figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I ain't coming around. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, uh, that's part of it. Is, is in The key word in AA is willingness, and I had that. I think I kind of had that. And uh, I, I like that word about the options, man. I'll never forget asking this kid one time. I says, I was sponsoring this kid, and I says, you know, what, what other option do you have? I'd heard his story. It was horrendous, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, do you, you're acting like you have another option. <laughs> he says, well, I do. He says, Aunt Mary in Phoenix, I haven't called her yet. <laughs> Why would you do that to Aunt Mary? <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> Don't go to Phoenix. Uh, so it's. It, it, I think options is a, is a tangible way to put it. It's just uh, uh, this is it. Mm-hmm. Has it become hopeless? I immediately saw hope here. Mm-hmm. I immediately saw hope in that these guys got more knew what they were doing. I felt good in their hands. I felt good in and the fellowship thing I bought into quickly. And that's a that's a tough one. And the twelve it's a community based twelve step program. I just went and got me a tough old sponsor, and he just told me what to do, and and I tried not to do it. And he called me on it, and I said, "Oh, okay." He's my sponsor for. He says, "I'm gonna give you three strikes." I don't think people they don't do that kind of thing much anymore. Yeah, you know, we're, we're a lot more, a lot nicer. <laughs> he says, "I'm gonna give you three strikes. When you uh-huh. get three strikes, you're out." And I did some. He said, "That's one." I did some. He said, "That's two. And that got my attention. See, I was that I was of that variety. Yeah. You see, I heard that. Yeah. It didn't upset me because I knew he was right. Yeah. You know, and it was about him setting some boundaries for me. And uh, we worked the steps together, but I worked the steps working with other guys. I, I didn't. I didn't get a whole lot out of the steps the first time. Mm-hmm. I was still a little, still wet. I was wet for, I don't know, six six <laughs> months maybe, maybe about three years. I don't know. I don't know. Five years. I, don't know. <laughs> I was wet a long time. I was wet a long time. We don't know how much damage was done. What's one thing you'd, you'd pass on to people that are listening, if you could? It, it's having some gratitude. And uh, it's having some gratitude, man, and some willingness to to. And those are kind of rhetorical words. I try to get tired of using those. But understanding what I put them through, uh, the least I can do is try this thing. That that right there is an amends. Right there, if you come down here, you have beat up everybody around you. And if you can come down here, that's nothing more they want to hear than that you're trying this thing. They don't want payback from money. They don't want this back. They don't want this back. They just want you 
whole again. Because you were whole at one time, unless you're, you know, off terribly dual diagnosed. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty convinced we come out of the womb whole. And somewhere along the line, we've gotten covered up from some something dysfunctional, some kind of something. I don't know. It's a hundred different things. And this is an uncovering process, a digging out. I got covered up along the way. And my living amends today, I, I can't go back. I can't get those years back for them, the stuff I did, you know. But so it's a living amends now. Did I say my daughter was a psychiatrist? No. Yeah. So She's, I, wow. I, I, I try to squeeze that in every time I get every chance I get. That's pretty impressive. It is. You wow. Know, her dad cuts grass and uh, for a living and uh, is a college dropout. And an alcoholic and a cocaine addict. <laughs> Other than that, everything was fine. <laughs> I tell her, but, yeah, so, but she's uh, wow. she's great. And and today, our relationship is better than it's ever been. She trusts me. I don't preach at her. We've become friends. She's getting ready to have a have a. I'm going to have a grandson here mm. next week. So things are changing, and uh, I'm present. You know, there's the promises that, uh, and I go back, you know, I go to these AA meetings. They say, is anybody here for their first AA meeting? And it's just a chill goes up my spine because it's, it's work, man. It's work, but you, what else you got to do? What else you got to do? And and, and it's tough, man. It. it <laughs> the not, I see the guys today coming through here. It's like you—you you would think we've—we've we've, uh, the numbers are just as high as ever, just as high as ever. But it's—it's it's up to you to cross over. Everybody here is willing. You'll never be anywhere again in your life where everybody wants to help you. Think about that. How many places have you been where everybody wants to help you? And Mar wants to help you, or the AA. It's the whole the alumni. Everybody's everybody's here. Everybody, I, I, it's a go to for me. I go to them. They've got a number in their back pocket mm -hmm. for what I need. They call me. I've got a number in my back pocket. It's a network. It yeah. really is. So I don't know if I've answered all, I've answered it uh, clearly. No, that was great. That I, was great. I, I think it's. Uh, I'm. Uh, I drank the Kool-Aid early, and I still drink it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Yeah, my life is better today than it was. So anyway, yeah, I appreciate you asking me to do this. Uh, it's uh, it's a thrill for me. It's an honor. Well, thanks, Bruce. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thanks for listening to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. Our show is co-produced by Angela Edmonds and our executive producer is David Tate. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.